Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. rescuing us, saving us, and uh, meeting us here this morning. Um, we keep pressing on. Your grace is sufficient. We're going to be better when we leave than when we got here because the anointing of the Holy Spirit joined us when we gathered together. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Father, we're talking about renewing our minds. We're talking about having a better understanding of what it means to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Give us a clear revelation. Let us know how that's going to be the, the keys, the foundation for us to grow in your very image and to be a light to a lost world. We ask this, we believe we receive it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're not. So, all right, guys, we're going to go on and we're going to, um, we're not going to recap a lot. You know, we're talking about six principles that are found in the book of Romans. God puts so much stuff in his word to us that, that will help us. And, you know, it's the beginning of the year and we want lasting change and so many of us have, have tried to change for years and we've struggled and we we've, we've just haven't been able to make it happen you know and we end up coming right back around and we feel a little bit less this time than we did last time because we had so much hope last time it was going to work and it didn't and you almost get gun shy which I mean you, you become you know insecure about really going for it but with God's help the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you amen and what we're going to do is we're going to learn God's way of bringing lasting change into our life. Change that will benefit us, benefit the people around us, impact our neighbors, our family. People who maybe don't know Jesus, they're gonna see Jesus through us as we make these changes. Amen? You guys with me? Now remember the first principle, there's six principles in the, in the 12th chapter of Romans, and it's based on everything that was written to us in the first 11 chapters of Romans. Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to those who were in Rome to encourage them and instruct them, but it's just as much to us today. So what we're doing is we're looking at, he said, now, guys, because of everything that God did for us in the first 11 chapters, do this because of it. And we looked, and, and of course, the first verse says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is, everybody say, this is. This is. This is. One more time. My, now say my, my. Act, of act of worship. So when we present our bodies, we're literally, we're, we're using our bodies to, to worship God. We're saying, God, your way, not my way. We're yielding and we're, we're allowing him to instruct and direct the path that we have. And how many of you know he's got a better way than we ever have? We, always, we think, oh, no, preacher, you don't know. I, I know. I know. what. You always, you always fall. You always crash and burn when it's yourself. The Bible says that, you know, when we think we've got the right way, it'll in, it leads to destruction. How many of you have decided in life, maybe you've been through it a few times, I no longer want to go through destruction? I'm on? Test, one, two, test. Yeah, I'm on. Testing one, testing one, testing, testing, test. Ah. Thank you. 
So we, we do this, and, and what were three acts, just examples, three acts of worshiping God with our body? We cleanse it, we purify it, we detox it, we stop putting bad things in it, either through our, our mouth, our nose, injection, or even our eyes and our ears. We restrict what we allow to get in, because the Bible says if we don't, we'll actually defile the temple of God, our body, the temple of God. We cleanse it. So what else do we do? It says that we care for it. We take good care of it. We're good stewards over what God's given us. And the third thing was we control it. We have to control what our bodies do. How many of you know your body wants to get out of line sometimes? You know, and everybody here gets those urges. If you act, you know, a lot of people like to act real spiritual, especially in church. Yes, amen, praise the Lord. You know, have you ever had a nasty thought? Oh, dear Lord, no. You just lied. Because we do. We have, we have bad thoughts. They come. Why? Because there's a devil in this world. We live in a fallen world that has bad Im impressions all around us. But what we do with those determines if they get in or if we lock them out. Amen? So we have to understand, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's perfect. There was only one. That was Jesus. He came and showed us how now that the new birth is available to us, we now are empowered to follow him. Right? We follow his example, his model. So let's go ahead and jump in, and we're going to start today. The second principle, and we're spending a lot of time on the first two because they're really the foundation. The second principle is found in the second verse of chapter 12, and this is the principle of concentration. It's the principle of focus. I must refocus my mind. If you're taking notes, the second principle is I must refocus my mind if I want lasting change. If I want to have godly change in my life, I must. Not that I should, not that maybe I might. I must refocus my mind. It's not an option. Amen? So, and the Bible tells us this, and it shows us in verse 2. If you would, look on the screen. I have a, a translation there that we don't normally use, but it, it helped me make a point. It's the Evangelical Heritage Version. You didn't even know there was one, but there is. It says, also, do not continue. This is Romans 12, 2. Do not continue to conform. Do not continue to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. The reason that he's starting here with our mind, and, and, and the purpose for this, you've got to understand this, because it, it, it's the make it or break it thing to, to have this lasting change, is that whatever gets your attention, gets you. Whatever you focus on, you're drawn to, good or bad. You know, you ever drive down the road and you look at something and you're like, oh, well, next thing you know, you're drifting that way. It's that way spiritually, mentally, it happens. So whatever you focus on, whatever gets your attention, gets you. So it's very important that we control this. It's very important that we, we keep the right thing in front of us so we can head the right direction. Paul said this in another writing in, in his writing to the uh, Church of Corinth. In 10.5, I'm not going to have it on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. He says, casting down imaginations. What are imaginations? We talked about this. Mental images. You know, you never do anything you don't see yourself doing. You don't. People say, well, I did without thinking. No, you didn't. Because it took your thinking to get your body to do whatever you were thinking about. So that excuse is out the window, right? You thought about it. You just thought about the wrong thing too long, and then you found yourself doing it. And that's where we cut it off at the beginning. We stop it before it grows into something we can't deal with. We stop it small. 
Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's knowledge of God? It's his word. It's what he tells us in the word, in the Bible, right? Here's the key. And bring me into captivity every, say this with me, every, every. come on, every, every. means, means. Every. every. Bring into captivity every thought. Mike, how can I bring in every thought? I have so many thoughts. My mind's running. What do I... You do it just like you eat the elephant. Remember what we talked about? You control them one at a time. You don't try to control every thought. You just control one at a time. And eventually, you're in charge. No longer is the world feeding you things to think about and to dwell on. And later, you find yourself doing something and you sit back and think, how did God let this happen? And it wasn't God. It was you. You let it happen because you dwelled on it too long. You focused on it, and next thing you know, you're doing it, and then you have the, the results of it. And if it wasn't something godly, something that was going to make you better or, or, or be a better example for your family, it's taking you in the wrong direction. All right? This, this is key. You've got to get this. Bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Remember in John 10, says, in the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word, um, later on, 14... And the word became flesh and dwelled among us, talking about Jesus. So obedience to Christ means obedience to God's word. It means that you set his standard as your standard. You set his, his, his values as your values. Does that make sense? So I hope you're following online. This is good stuff. Don't be paying attention to the dog or the neighbors out the window. We've got some good stuff going on here. So what do we got to do? How, do? how do we handle this? How do we, how, do, how do we get to a place where we're winning this and not losing it? Well, you, you got to stop talking about and thinking about what you don't want. And you have to start thinking about and talking about what you do want. There are some people, all they want to talk about is the negative. They want to talk about how bad it is, how bad they are. Oh, how bad that political party is, how bad that president is, how bad the economy is. How, well, that's all they want to talk about. And they're sitting there, they're like a wedge. They wait for opportunities to separate the conversation. Yeah, but what about so-and-so? And it's just become a nature. It's become a, a position of, of their perspective of life. And it's skewed. It's not what God has for you. We've got to stop thinking about, focusing on, and talking about what's bad. And we've got to start focusing, thinking about, and talking about what's good. Does that make sense? We've got to stop focusing on the bad things. We've got to start focusing on the good things. We've got to stop focusing on your plan and start focusing on God's plan. We've got to stop focusing on what everybody else wants you to do and focus on what God wants you to do. There's a change here. There's a decision to be made every step of the way. And the decision's not God's. And it's not the rest of the world's. The decision's yours. Remember, change doesn't start until I decide to change. And change isn't change until you change. That makes sense? So we've got to stop focusing on the negative. We've got to start focusing on the positive. This verse is, is so powerful that if we'll do this, we will literally be transformed, the Bible says, into the very image of God. It doesn't mean you become God. It means you start looking like him. You know, a lot of people, when they see, um, they see a video of me when I was 10 years old and my mannerisms, and then we see a video of Noah, my grandson, uh, I was shocked. Everybody was shocked. It's like, Wow, that's like exactly like me. What a lucky kid. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But he, he's literally, 
at that age, I mean, who knows? Uh, he's a whole lot taller than I was his age, but he's almost as tall as I am now. But anyway, um, if he continues, he's literally going to change into the image or an image of his papa. And a lot of times you'll see some kids as they, they grow older, they start looking just like their father or their mother. You take on that image. Well, this is talking about how we can start looking like God, how the world sees us. Does that make sense? You guys enjoying this, right? I'm telling you, this is what changed my life. This allowed me to take the exit off the highway to hell and get on heaven's highway because I learned this. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why I want every one of you to get it. That's why I prayed for you all week that God would cause that switch to click where you, and it, nothing's going to change until you put a priority on it. So I said, God, please show them how important this is. Please show them what you have for them, how you've made it possible if they'll just follow your instructions. And then the choice is yours. So that's my prayer. I believe is it, that God honored that prayer and, and good things are going to come. But we're going to change if we, we're, we're going to become transformed even if we change what we think about, how we think. And this is a powerful verse. And, you know, later on we'll do a whole series on this. But right now, let's just move on and uh, look at a few of the high points, all right? It says, do not conform. Do not conform to the patterns of this life. What that means is... Um, Well, it's like this. Every, every one of us, it's the way we're created, it's the way God made us, is we develop based on patterns. That's why a baby duck learns to walk like a duck and quack like a duck and become a duck because it watches the mama duck. And, and, and it watches the pattern. And, and in the animal kingdom, you'll see a lot of the adult animals show the pattern for the younger animals so they can survive when they're on their own. And we're to follow a pattern that's going to take us to the path that God has for us but the problem is, most of us had bad patterns growing up. You know, maybe you learned some patterns of uh, conflict resolution that weren't that good. You know, maybe you learned some patterns of, uh, you know, how to treat other people that weren't that good. Maybe you learned some patterns about how to, how to use your mouth, the words you speak and the way you speak them that weren't that good. And how can I say that? Because there's no perfect pattern in the world except for Jesus Christ. And we grow up with patterns in our lives. And we know this because we watch children. When they get in with certain groups, we'll notice that they start changing. Their attitudes, their values, the things they're interested in starts changing based on the patterns in their life. And parents, that's why it is so important. Hear me, hear me online. That's why it is so important for us as parents to control the patterns in our children's life as long as we can as much as we can. Because the world and the world system is trying to give your children different patterns to follow. Academia right now is anti-God for the most part. That, you don't believe me? You read some of their meetings. You read some of their releases. It is anti-God, anti-Christian, and we're allowing our children to be patterned by this. Well, what can we do? Well, you go vote for your school board members, those who will uphold godly values. You vote for them. It start, it's not just where, that's your teacher, son. No, you, you take proactive action to make a change. You know one of the most effective things we as Christians in America can do is not get our president in. It's get our local government to have godly values. And then everything will build on that. And it's very important. And I don't care who the person is. I don't care how obligated you are. 
If they're not a godly pattern, nothing trumps your responsibility as a parent more than controlling the patterns that we allow in our children's life. And it may offend people, it may upset them, but you're talking about something that can affect the entire life of your child, whether he goes in the right direction or develops um, bad patterns and starts pursuing things that are not godly because of the patterns we allow in their lives. Patterns mean everything because it's what we build our life on, is the patterns we have in our lives. When you're children, they should be chosen by uh, their parents. When you're older, it's your responsibility to choose the patterns. Does that make sense? You guys are getting this, right? So, um, let me ask you this. Have you ever done something stupid, crazy, or unhealthy uh, because you saw somebody else do it? Come on. Oh, me, Pastor? No. <laughs> you know, you know let me, I'll say it this way. Nobody has ever smoked a cigarette because they like the taste of it. The first cigarette is horrible. It's terrible. But they do it because they think it looks cool or it will make them cool or it will make them popular. And they go ahead and do it. But guess what? They keep doing it. And eventually it's not they're copying somebody. Now it becomes their habit. See, when you do something for an ex extended period of time, it goes from just copying to suddenly you own it. Now it's my habit. It can be my addiction. It can be my heartbreak. It can be things that, you know, are very unhealthy for me because I followed a pattern. And that pattern's taken me in the wrong direction. Does that make sense? So we have to be very careful about the pattern that's in front of us. Every single one of us have to be aware of this. The Bible says, do not copy. The verse we read says, do not continue to conform. It, 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 it's, it means that once you do something for an extended period of time, it becomes habitual, which means you just do it out of habit. You don't even really think about it. It just becomes reactionary. And it's very interesting that research tells us that it takes 21 days to start a new habit. Is that why we have 21 days of prayer and fasting? Huh? Huh? Genius, genius. Because we're hoping the things you choose to do for that 21 days become habits. And then it's easier to continue to do it, and hopefully they'll last. A lifetime. The things that you choose. If you choose to set a time aside every day to spend time with God and to pray to him for 21 days, it's going to be much easier for you to keep doing it after our 21-day prayer and fasting. When it ends, we don't expect you to stop. We're hoping that it sticks and you'll continue to do it. And the things that you fast, things that you realize that's not really not the best for me, after 21 days, you've got a much better shot because you've, replaced, you've taken it out and you've put in something better, something good. When you, when you exchange it bad for good, it helps you to continue and have lasting change. Does that make sense? Starting to see the method to our madness now. So, when we start off copying other people, we end up becoming like other people. We change into the patterns that we follow. And a lot of people think, oh, you're just being real super spiritual. You're being so religious. That's ridiculous. Not. I'm just being honest. What you follow is what you become. And if you don't like what you're becoming, stop following what you're following. Stop continuing to follow that pattern because that's changing you into something you, you don't want to be. Does that make sense? You guys with me? So how do we do this? You know, we don't conform to the pattern of this world. We understand and we, we look and we say, you know what, I gotta, I've got to find some new patterns here. 
I've got I've to find some new people to follow. I've got to get some new models in my life so I can change where my life is going. I can change the things that I've adapted that I'm not really happy with, but they've become me. That's how I see myself. It's what I do. And I can... I can pick up new patterns and start something new and turn my life to a new direction. Does that make sense? When you get to the good part, that's when the coughing starts trying. Here, remember the first law of change is change is my choice. Here's the second law if you're taking notes. And I encourage you to change my life, I must change my model. To change my life, if I want my life to change, it's never going to just happen. It's never going to be something I wake up one day, oh my God, this is great, I love me. It's not going to happen. You're only going to change if you change the models you follow. Okay, Mickey, me and you are in it. We got it. Mickey's my encourager. The rest of you guys, wake up. This is good. Now some of you are already, your flesh is saying, don't listen to him. Because he's going to tell you, you have to stop doing this. And you know how much we love doing this. I'm not going to tell you guys to stop anything. I'm saying you decide what you stop and what you continue. But don't blame anybody else where it leads you. It's totally up to you. We're not going to judge you. We love you. We'll, we'll love you all the way. But it's up to you. If you want to change, this is how you do it. Amen? You guys with me? So the second law is if I want to change, if I want to have lasting change in my life, I must change my model. i got to get a picture of a new way of doing it. I've got to have a mental image of a different way than the way I've been doing. I've got to stop conforming to the negative and start allowing and focusing on the positive so that I can be transformed. It, it, it's very important. The Bible says this. It says, bad company corrupts good morals. You can have the best intentions and never make it to the, the finish line because you didn't control the models you followed. You didn't control what you watched on TV. You didn't control what you were looking at online. You didn't control what you sat and daydreamed and had mental movies going because you got a picture of something you probably shouldn't have, and then you just dwelled on it. And the next thing you know, you're throwing everything away to pursue that when it's only destruction because you're following the wrong pattern. Does that make sense? And it really kind of makes, you know, and a lot of people don't like this, but it makes us responsible. You're responsible for your life. Jesus did everything you need to be a success, to be victorious, to be like him. But it's what you do with it determines how it ends. Amen? You with me? The reason that we have to find new models and the reason that God shows us how important this is in his word, because there are models to follow. And that's why we have the written word. We have a, we have a written example of the perfect model to follow. Remember when we had the t-shirts and the bracelets and all that, WWJD, what would Jesus do? <laughs> Pastor Chris got one on right now. That's, that's setting yourself up to follow the right model. When you come up to something and you've got that little scratchy feeling right here and you're like, oh, I wonder if I should do it. Usually if you think that, you've already got the sign that you shouldn't do it. But some of us want to go ahead and push through and act dumb. You know, oh God, I don't know where I'm going. You know, no, you do. You just sort of embrace it instead of, repelling it. And if we would actually, WWJD, it's, it's really, that's it. what's my example? Jesus said this 20 times in the Word. He said, follow me. Why? Because he was being the model. He was saying, look to me as your example. 
follow me. The Apostle Paul, who wrote Romans that we're looking at for these principles, said six times in the Word, follow me as I follow Christ. There's models to look at. We just got to choose them. You guys with me? When, we're, when we conform to patterns, our, you know, when we act like and we pick up the, the traits of the, the culture around us, if it's not godly, it's going to take us in the wrong direction. So we have to change our model. Now, the second part, we're going to cover this with the time we have left. It talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Transformed means changed into. The Greek word there is metamorpho. You've probably heard me say it because this is bedrock for a Christian to have a successful, victorious life in a fallen world. You're, you're changed. You're turned into. You're, you're literally go from one thing to another. Metamorpho. We get the word metamorphosis from it. When a caterpillar wraps itself in a cocoon. You guys remember science in school, right? A caterpillar wraps itself in a cocoon. When it comes out of the cocoon, it's not a better version of a caterpillar. No, it's a whole new thing. It's a brand new thing. It's, it's not a reworked or redesigned caterpillar. No, it becomes something new. Metamorpho, metamorphosis. That's where we get that word. And we were transformed, we're changed by the renewing of our mind. And I'm telling you, if you get this, your life will never be the same. It, it changed my life, and I believe it to my very core, that when I changed my thinking, when I started thinking the way God's Word instructed me to think, when I started following models that I found in the Bible, godly models in my life, that, and nobody's perfect, you know? I just read where another pastor, somebody that I look up to, and uh, I don't know him personally, but I know his associate pastor, just ended up falling, had an affair, and he had to resign from his church. Nobody's perfect. Don't put that pressure on people. But you can glean from good decisions and good patterns that you see. But ultimately, we've got, to, we've got to believe and focus on what God says to do and look at his examples in the word if we never want to fail or fall based on who we're following. Amen? And uh, so, you know, nobody's perfect but Jesus. But if we follow him, we're going to do a whole lot better in life. And we're going to get a lot further. So by the renewing of our mind, what does that mean? It means that we, we literally stop thinking about what we're thinking about. We stop focusing on what we're focusing about, and we start looking at what the Word says, what Jesus did. Anybody can, you know, change something for a while. You know, when that caterpillar came out, or when that caterpillar went in, it was a caterpillar. When it came out, it was a butterfly. It didn't come out renewed or, or, or kind of modified. It came out brand new. Anybody can change for a while. Anybody can change their, their pattern for a little while. But if you don't really change who you are, if you don't allow the transformation power of God to happen in your life, it, it really it becomes frustrating to you. And it becomes religious to people that watch you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. The Bible tells us in this, in, 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 in um, a scripture in Philippians, it says this. It's not on the screen, but I want you to hear me read it and make a note of it if you're interested in changing. It says, therefore, my beloved... Again, this is the Apostle Paul writing to believers, people that are born again. My beloved means fellow Christians. As you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, which means it's for us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work his good pleasure. 
So what does that mean? It means that we don't just turn over a new leaf. It means that we go ahead and embrace what God has made available to us through the new birth. You say, well, what do you mean work out my salvation? I thought I got saved when I accepted Jesus. Here's a snapshot of how it works. According to Romans 10, 9 and 10, when we get to the place where we believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect life, but then he died the death of a sinner to pay the price for my sin. Personal, you've got to make it personal. The death for my sin, the Bible says if we believe that in our heart, confess it with our mouth, that we're born again. Instantaneously, we get a brand new spirit. Our, our, our access to heaven is now wide open. But there's the process of what we're learning about, what Paul is trying to teach us, of becoming on the outside what God has done on the inside. And that's the renewing your mind. See, just because you get born again, how many of you are born again? Jesus is your Lord. You're a born again Christian. Let me see your hands. Okay, so with your hands up, let me ask you a question. The moment you got saved, did you instantly only have good and pure and holy thoughts? No, did you only do good and pure and holy things? No, because your body and your mind still connected to the old way, the old patterns. So you're born again, but you have to renew the patterns. You've got to renew the mind so that everything else catches up with what's already happened in your spirit. You say, so you're saying if I do something wrong, I'm not saved. No, you're saved. But if you want the full expression, if you want the full benefit of what it means to be saved, you follow the pattern that God has shown us in his word. So you bring your body into control. You control your body. And then you focus, you could be born again and focus and think about terrible things. And you're going to have some negative things happen in your life, but it doesn't mean you're not born again. It still means you're going to go to heaven. You're just probably going to get there sooner than you were supposed to. You're going to experience some heartache that, that God was hoping you'd miss because you didn't change patterns. You stayed on the same dirty road. It's like this. Um, say you got a jacket and it's old, it's tattered, it's stained, it's ripped, and it stinks. And you decide, you know, this jacket's kind of funky. I want to get a new jacket. I'm going to drive down to Target. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to find me a new jacket. You walk in, you're all wrapped up in your old, tattered, stinky, skanky jacket. And you find one on the rack. You think, woo, I'm going to look good in this. It's going to keep me warm. This jacket is going to be better for me. This is awesome. And then you go into the changing room, and you stand in front of the mirror with your old jacket on, you take the new jacket off, and you force it on over the old jacket. First of all, you're going to look like an idiot, because that's not very smart. If you don't know what idiot is, I'll talk to you later. But anyway, you haven't changed. You've just covered up. And so many of us in church, we don't allow a real change to happen with the patterns we follow, but we just want to cover up. But the problem is, that stanky, dirty you know, stinky jacket, pretty soon as we wear our new jacket, first of all, you're not going to be able to really be yourself because now it's cumbersome trying to present something you're really not because you still got the old on the inside. You know, so it's going to affect how you live your life. You guys with me, right? But that old skanky jacket is going to start contaminating that new covering that you have. It's going to seep through. It's, it's going to affect it. And pretty soon you're right back where you were. Ooh, that sounds like stuff we've all gone through. The point that he's making is you've got to take off, put off the old man, the old way of doing things, the old pattern. And the Bible says to put on the new way of doing things. 
Don't keep the old jacket on. Don't keep the old junk on. Put it off. There's a putting off and then a putting on. You can't just put on because it doesn't really change underneath. You got to take that off. So the things that we allow to stick that we know are not right, but as long as we don't let anybody else know we'll be okay, you won't be okay. It's going to come through. It's going to affect what little bit of good that you've allowed in by trying to cover up the negative that you've embraced. You guys with me? I know this is good stuff. Don't, don't get discouraged. <laughs> but we, we change. We're transformed by putting off the old and putting on the new, by renewing new image, how we see ourselves, because the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you've got to change in here before you ever change out here. Make sense? Look at Ephesians. We're going to get ready to close. You guys, I hope you're enjoying this. This is good stuff. I'm preaching better than you're acting. So anyway, Ephesians 4.22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, previous pattern, to put off your old self. Put it off. It's a decision. You were taught for you to put it off. God doesn't come down and rip our old self off. He says for you to put it off, right? Your old self, which is being corrupted, the old self is corruption. It corrupts everything about you if you let it stay. That it is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That's those impulses, those compulsions that are going to take you in the wrong direction. Amen? Let's read on. To be made new. To be made new. Metamorphosis. To be made new. Become a butterfly instead of that old stinky caterpillar. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. Now, the best example I can talk about with attitudes, it's kind of like, you know, my grandson, Jack. He has got a black belt in bad diapers. <laughs> I mean, we're talking nasty town. I don't even go near him. I don't. But attitudes are kind of like diapers. You've got to change them every once in a while. They get stinky. And God is saying we've got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. <laughs> Cheap, but I <laughs> Look what it says, verse 22, 24 rather. And to put on the new. You put off, and God's saying, if you want change, you have to put on. You got to put on the new self created to be like God, listen to this, in true righteousness and holiness. There's a putting off, and there's a putting on. You know, with your health, a lot of times people struggle with their health and things like that, a doctor will tell you, you know, basically all you have to do if you want to be healthier is stop putting bad stuff in your body, stop not doing the good stuff. Like if you sit at home and watch TV and eat ice cream and bonbons and all that stuff and you wonder why you're out of shape and why nothing fits and why you, you feel terrible and your body's breaking down, well, the best thing you can do is get off the couch, stop watching so much TV, stop putting the junk in, start eating healthy food and start moving, start getting some action. Doctor says your health will completely turn around if you just do something as simple as that. People spend billions of dollars on, I need that new miracle diet. Really, you don't need a diet. Diets work, but nobody keeps doing them. They only do them for a while, then they, oh, I made it, and then poof, you blow up. Trust me, I've, I, I've got a PhD in this. I, I've been on so many diets, it's crazy. But it, change really happens when you change. When you decide to change, that's when things really change. You guys with me? So we have this putting off the old, the stuff that's not good for us, the thoughts that are going the wrong direction, and we put on the new, the example that God has for us. 
If we want this to happen, we have to understand that this is something that works spiritually, mentally, physically, is you choose with God's help, because he has the pattern for us to follow, you choose to put off the old, it's your choice. Nobody's judging you, nobody's criticizing you, nobody's saying, ah, you, I don't know, it's up to you. Do you want to change? Do you want your life to go a different direction? Do you want to be more godly, more, more positive? Do you want to be a better influence on the people around you? Do you want to be a light in a dark world? And you've got to put off the old, and you've got to put on the new. And when you do that, the Bible says that you will be transformed. You will be made brand new. It's, it's, not a, it's not a cleaning or a covering up. It's a brand new you. And that's where change lasts. Amen? Anybody can turn a new leaf. Anybody can work hard and have willpower for a while. But only God and God's way of doing things will give you a brand new life and let you live that life for his glory and for your benefit and the benefit around you. Amen? So I hope you guys got this today. I hope it blesses you. I encourage you to go back, listen to it again, take notes. This is not something you want to just hear and then think, oh, that was pretty good, you know, and then never do anything with it. It's only going to be as effective as you choose to apply it to your life. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we're blessed because of it, that we have ears to hear, hearts to receive, eyes to see, everything that you have for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word conviction that lets us know that there is a better way. And then it's our choice to follow it or not. And we thank you that you're always there. You never leave us nor forsake us. But you meet us right where we are. And you help us to be transformed into your very image. To become the very best version of ourselves that you created us to be. And to live out the life that you've promised us. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. If you're with us here in the room today or if you're online and you say, you know what, I've never made that decision. But something you heard today made you realize it's time to change. It's time to bring God in on the situation. Get a new pattern you can follow. Let that change start from your brand new spirit by accepting Jesus today. And then start watching the right things, looking and focusing and patterning your life after the right things. And you'll become a brand new person that God designed you to be. So if you're here today, nobody else is looking. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for. I want to give you an opportunity. Again, this is a choice. It's your choice. But if today you heard something, you say, you know what? I, I need this. I'm ready for that. I'm not looking for religion, but I do need the relationship with Jesus Christ. So preacher, you're talking to me. If that's you, raise your hand. Nobody else looking. I'm just going to, I'm not going to call you down. I just want to know who I'm praying for. But you decide today, I need what you're talking about. Is that anybody in the room today? All right, we're all saved in here that want to be. If you're online and that's you, I encourage you. I'm going to go ahead and say the prayer just for you. And then you contact us online or Facebook, whatever way you, you is most um, easy for you, and we'll get some information to you. We, we love and care about you. We want to help you with these decisions and the steps that you take after you make the decision. So we're all going to pray just for you online, and we're going to believe God for just amazing transformation, starting with a brand new spirit and then working all through your life so your light can shine for God's glory. Everybody say this with me. Father, today, your word has shown me how to have lasting change. How to become who you created me to be. And with your help, I'm going to let my light shine and impact the lives around me. Bring in the good news of salvation 
through grace to my world. We believe in our hearts. We confess with our mouth. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. All right, guys, um, we're going to end our service with one last act of worship. Uh, we do this. You may say, Pastor Mike, you're, you, you guys are always taking up offerings. We are. We are. And let me tell you why. We only exist on what you and people online bring in so we can do the work of God. There's no organization that sends us money. There's just people that embrace the call of God, the cause of Christ, and they're obedient to his word. But we don't pressure you. We don't ever, you know, try to guilt you, make you feel like you'll go to heaven if you never give a penny. You'll get there. But you won't help anybody else get there. See, your giving helps us reach people, helps us provide ministry for people who are struggling. Maybe they're born again, but they're struggling. We provide food. We provide electricity for some people who are going through difficult times. We help people with doctor's visits. We, we pay the rent here so that we have a wonderful place to meet. And it's a blessing to the Presbyterian Church, which is so gracious to us. But it all comes from the body. So I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm just letting you know why we do it. And the main reason, the one reason we do it is because God said to. And we do that. And we just, we appreciate him including us and in what he wants to do. So if that's you, you know, go ahead and hold your offerings up. Or, you know, if you do it online, let's just pray this prayer. Father, I thank you that what I bring to you, you will use to enlarge your kingdom, and bring people to heaven. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of what you're doing. And we already are grateful for all the blessings that you give us, whether we give or not. We just say thank you for being such a loving God. Come on, you got it. Come on, being such a loving God. And then A, B, C. No, I'm just kidding. Father, we thank you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. If you're giving, you can do it in the bucket in the back. You can do it on the square. You can text to give. You can mo give to give. You can do whatever you want. You guys good? We good today? That was good? Did you get something out of it? Hey, if, 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 you, if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed it, when you leave here, talk about it at lunch. That's what makes it come alive. That's what, say, say to the, your, your spouse or your friend or whatever, you say, well, I'm going home alone. Well, talk to your cat, whatever. But, you know, when you talk about it, it becomes more real to you. Because you sit there and say, well, that's what the preacher said. Yeah, but what's the person sitting next to you say? What did they get? Maybe they heard something you didn't hear. Maybe you heard something they didn't hear. But talk about it, and change will come, I promise you. Amen? Love you guys very much. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Thank you.